So, um, starting with Black Lives Matter and the Dallas shooting, my take is uh, there was a lot of interviewing going on on CNN and Fox with supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, majority of them, you know, are basically saying that the police are killing, you know, blacks and that this is an epidemic and this is systemic and that police uh, um, you know police uh, precincts and, and are, are just a bunch of racists and and then to be fair you know they would interview a police officer or something like that so the reality of the situation is this police killing African-Americans has been going down. So uh, in terms of unwarranted um, um, killings. So that's not, it's not really an epidemic. What is an epidemic is that there's more and more black, um, black killings that are taking place, especially in Chicago. Um, and because there's a lot of weapons between these, you know, between internal internal um, factions, uh, they, you know, the, the, there is discharge of, of, of weapons from the police that are killing blacks. Um, so Greta on Fox, uh, Kelly on Fox, and I think it was also O'Reilly on Fox were basically coming from the standpoint, I think, well, maybe not Greta, but I think definitely O'Reilly was coming from the standpoint that it's Black Lives Matter is a movement that is divisive and destroying the fabric of the United States. Uh, I agree with O'Reilly on this, um, but there, there's there's two problems here. There is the idea that the Black Lives Matter movement is becoming more and more divisive and more and more anti-white, anti-cop, which is truly the genesis of the BLM movement. This BLL movement was before uh, what happened in Ferguson. Now, in if you listen to the Black Lives Matter uh, people that are supporting the, you know, supporting this movement, they would say that that uh, I think it was Michael Brown, um, the the kid that was killed in Ferguson, he you know that it was a cop issue. Well, no, this was not a cop issue, and it went through investigation. It was shown that the cop did everything in his power to 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 um, do the right thing and he had to protect himself and he had an out of control kid that needed to be taken down. Now the BLM movement doesn't want to hear that, but they had an out of control black kid that, that needed more discipline and then when the when the police officer's life was threatened, he took the, the child down. Now there there's nothing wrong with what the police officer did and this has nothing to do with all oh, they're killing, you know, black babies, and, and, and you know, no, what he did was he was he took down an individual that was uh, dangerous and um, and threatening, and it so happened to be a black man. But uh, you know, the, the bottom line is is that he was a hoodlum that, that that was out of control. Now, this spurred up the rioting that that happened in Ferguson, and there was this, you know. Uh, you know, take down the police and all this, pigs in the blanket stuff and all this. 
Now, on the other side of the coin, there is this militarization that's taking place with the police that is totally unacceptable. And this ties into this idea that, well, you, you know, that, that if the society becomes a, a little bit disenfranchised um, or that there needs to be some sort of martial law that takes place, that the, the police have the military-grade equipment to be able to, to project that martial law. Um, and it's, it's funded by taxpayers. So, and then you add in the surveillance state, you know, the, the big brother on top of the, the military-grade weapons, and this becomes uh, unsustainable. So I think the BLM movement is divisive, and that they should really focus on uh, the internal destruction of, of the African-American community that, that's, that's happening because of themselves. You know, the African community is killing themselves. And that they, they need to focus on that, not so much the, the police. Um, I am for gun rights. I, I do not believe in, you know, overreach for gun control. I believe in, I believe in symmetric aspects of the citizens having uh, firepower versus the, the, uh, the police or the state. Um, just to prevent tyranny. Now, this movement that's going on in the United States is more gun rights, or, or more gun control, less gun rights, the erosion of the Second Amendment, and uh, the, the increased militarization of the police. Well, this is going to create more and more asymmetric behavior between the citizens and the police force. So this is, there's two things going on here. You have the BLM movement that's anti-white, anti-cop, um, and the beginnings, the actual genesis of the BLM movement was this, you know, they wanted, they wanted to, they, they were, they, they were a racist organization. I don't think the majority of the people that support the BLM movement actually understand that. Um, and I think they, they, they're, they're sucked into this concept that there's this, um, white privilege world out there that's preventing the black person from, uh, reaching uh, their full potential and that the police are part of the problem and the reality of the situation under a African-American president all right who probably is Muslim but that's a different story but you know that, that an African-American president that is uh, under his administration there is more unemployment for blacks there is less uh, income equality uh, between whites and blacks and, um, you know, there's this an erosion of, of uh, social harmony within, within society. And this is with an African-American president. So, you know, what it is is that the, the BLM movement needs to look at themselves in the mirror and realize that they're a big part of the problem. And, you know, they need to get their act together to be able to solve some of the social unrest and, and um, economic inequalities that are taking place. A big part of it is just make sure that they're they're educated. You know, instead of listening to rap, maybe they should be studying a, a calculus book. You know, they, they they're hoodlums. There's a there's a big part of this section of the society that act like a hoodlum. So this is part of the problem. And then and because the police are already half cocked with military grade weapons, you know, this become it gets out of control pretty quickly. Now tied to directly with the the Dallas shooting, you know, it was a sniper. There was multiple cases that it seemed as though it was coming from different directions. 
Uh, so there might have been more than one shooter, maybe two or three, um, but according to the news, it's only one. It, and the Dallas police um, chief seemed, once they took down the, the, the person, uh, you know, was so quick to, to say, well, this was only a lone gun person, you know, and he wasn't, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was doing it on his own uh, volition and, and all this. Well, how do they know that so quickly? You know, where, where's the proof of this? You know, he was saying that that's what the guy said. Well, yeah, you, you know what? It, it, something doesn't seem right. A lot of these incidences, these shooting incidences, seem to have evidence of multiple shooters, but they never can find the multiple shooter. So, but maybe it's, it was a close quarter in, environment, you know, with, the, with uh, it ended up being in a downtown area and the gun, the, the fire, the shots fired could be echoing off of the different buildings and that might have uh, given the perception of some sort of triangulation. We don't know. But the bigger part is, is that they executed the shooter using a robot. So now we're moving into this idea of drone warfare and, and this, this about this, this uh, issue with, with, um, with using drones and using artificial intelligence to actually surveil and eliminate individuals in the society. So this is uh, the weaponization of, of AI. Uh, and we're going to need this sort of capability in the citizens, on, on the citizens' side, to be able to create symmetry between the police and the citizens. This is what the Second Amendment is all about. So people that are intelligent are going to start using artificial intelligence, using 3D printing, and using you know drone technology to be able to increase the dimensionality of the of the battle space between the police and and the citizens. So when this does happen. Um, you know that there, it's 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 of equal measure. Now, what what was interesting about the, the shooting was is that it was elevated, so the police were kind of pinned down, and this ties into this idea of dimensionality of the battle space. Most of the things that are happening uh, where the, the police do well is is when it's in on a, like a a, a two dimensional plane where they're fighting the perpetrator on the same dimensional space. But when you add one more dimension, the three-dimensional dimension, the police aren't very, uh, don't have a lot of capability on that. So this is why the, the, the shooter who happened to be mil military trained was able to, to benefit from his training and to execute some of the, the, the police. Um, but let's just face it, there's asymmetric aspects to the police and uh, you know, their police projection to the, the citizenry and um, you know we need to have equal you know equal symmetry to prevent totalitarianism but that doesn't mean that you should go out and kill a cop that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is, is that when the government is out of control and you're you're fighting for your life and you're, you're trying to protect your civil liberties it is your right and obligation to take out the government um, now the the you know but you know hopefully you try to do it peacefully before it becomes you know so bad that you you know you have to you know use some sort of civil war type mechanism but um, that's you know that's that's my take on the BLM movement which I think is more of a, a racist uh, divisive anti-white anti-cop movement um, 
the police are moving towards drone warfare, and uh, we just saw the beginnings of it. We just saw the execution of people remotely, um, and that's a dangerous that's a dangerous precedence. And people are not going to put up with it. And there's probably going to be more killings between the citizens and the police because because this is this is ramping up more and more. Okay, now we're going to go to Hillary. Hillary, it, it seems as though the State Department is going to do some investigating on the emails. Um, they just wrapped up the, the FBI investigation. They're probably going to find the same thing, that there was no wrongdoing, and then Hillary Clinton gets whatever she wants. So, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West, you know, gets, gets a pass. But, um, which is wrong, but, you know, that's Hillary Clinton. So, you know, got to deal with it. And Trump... Trump looks like he's actively looking for his VP. Um, he did meet with he did meet with uh, Lying Ted, and Lying Ted seems to be warming up to Trump. So you know who knows what's going on there. Maybe Trump is thinking Ted could be in the cabinet. Maybe VP. I doubt VP though. Now uh, Gingrich is also actively lobbying. This is from CNN. Uh, from July 9th, uh, that Gingrich is actively lobbying Trump for to be a running mate, and then uh, ABC News is uh, saying that retired General Michael Flynn is a potential VP pick. Um, there were some shortlist candidates for the VP pick. I think it was Corker. Uh, or, yeah, I think it was Corker. Cor Corey? No, I think it was Corker that basically said he wasn't uh, interested. So that's, it seems as though you have the RNC, some of the RNC establishment distancing themselves from Trump uh, because of some of the wild rhetoric that he has. But you know what, he's, 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 he's not a, a um, pressure cooked, you know, prepackaged politician that you, you, know, you typically see on the trail. And that uh, he may say some things that are a little bit wild, but it's, it, I think that if you really listen to what he's saying, it's, it's what most of the American public believes in. And this is why I think that the BLM movement um, is going to try to sabotage the RNC convention and try to uh, instill violence between the Trump supporters to make it seem as though... Trump supporters and Trump in general is a racist and is against the black. Um, but that's not true. He's, he's, he's not a racist. He's not against minorities. He's actually for minorities coming to America legally. If you're here illegally, you're illegal. That's basically, you know, the law. You know, and that's, he's basically saying, you know, you need to follow the law. How's that racist? How's telling a Latino that you're here illegally, um, and that they need to, to go back home are being a racist. It's just being a constitutionalist. So, you know, he's not he's not a racist. And when he's saying that the Black Lives Matter movement is is uh, disturbing disturbing society, well just look at what happened in 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 Dallas. And look at what the rioting that took place in Ferguson. When the father of when the father of the of, of Michael Brown um, uh, was outside and they listened to the verdict for the police officer and it was uh, not guilty. And they, what did he say? Burn the place down. Why? 
because he didn't like the verdict of a police officer taking down his out-of-control kid that needed to be taken down because he wasn't the, the, the father that he should have been and made sure that the kid wasn't an out-of-control kid. You know, and then they, they, they uh, you know, it was like, oh, the child was such a great kid. No, he wasn't. He stole from a, 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 a convenience store and threatened an Asian. That, that, that was, that was, that was uh, on-site uh, manning the store. You know, how's that, how, how is that a good kid? You know, but, you know, Trump is basically saying, you got hoodlums out there that need to, need to be taken care of. You got illegals coming over to the, over to the country. Some of these illegals are trying to just have a better life, but they're still here illegally. That's the point. They're still here illegally. And some of them, some the poorest border is causing problems with I illegal uh, trafficking of people, of weapons, of, of narcotics. And you know, the sad thing is, is this, this goes all the way back um, several decades of, of CIA operations to fund black ops such as the Iran-Contra affair, such as uh, Fast and Furious. So him trying to shut down the poorest border is trying to actually do two things at the same time. One, to, to uh, legitimize the, 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 uh, the, the um, our borders to, to have a more stronger uh, uh, defense uh, uh, and, and and maintain borders. People that are here legally are given the opportunities and, and you know all the laws that protect them. And the ones that are here illegally is not draining the the tax base and the of, of of the society. And then on top of it, he's shutting down some of these black op operations from from the CIA. So. It's it. I think it's it's a great idea. You know, we we intervene in these black ops too much, and it causes the instability in the world, such as Libya, such as Syria, such as Benghazi. This was this is the issue. It's just that there's there is this porous border. And then you add in the the multi um, national trans capitalist types that want to have TPP and TTIP and. I think it's TSAP or whatever, but these you know these trade blocks that will will um, redefine global commerce uh, and you know erode the uh, self determination of of a nation by having borders and protecting them and and having bilateral trade agreements, not not these Uber trade agreements that, that some of the establishment wants to, to project. You are, you know, taking away the power of the, the New World Order and, and giving it back to to country, countries for self-determination. It's important to protect those borders and protect the the, um, uh, the ability that if there's, if, you, if the trade Agreement is bad for the citizens. That you have means and mechanisms to 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 correct that. Um, what's wrong with that? Why would you give up that 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 power? Why would you give up that that um, that ability unless a multinational doesn't care about the statehood or the the self determination? They want to prevent the statehood or self determination to protect their own 
their own self-interest and their own their own uh, profitability. So Trump is basically saying, shut down the border, you stop globalization, shut down the border, you you have the power for self-determination, shut down the border, and you stop the little ill uh, the illegal uh, migration of individuals. What is wrong with that? How is that being racist? So people that are listening to the, the, the racism and the Black Lives Movement and the anti-Trump, they don't understand that the, the reason, part of the reason why we have an erosion of the tax base and part of the reason why we have economic instability is because of the free trade agreements. So, um, that's, that's with Trump, and let's take a look at world affairs here. Juba, which is in the, Huff this is in the Huffington Post, at least 272 people have died in fighting between South uh, Sudan's rival factions in the capital, Juba. So this is uh, there's more civil war going on. So there's heavy fighting. This is an NPR. Heavy fighting erupts in South Sudan's capital. And uh, Abdul Sattar Adil, Adil, known as Pakistan's Mother Teresa. Um, oh, that's odd. It's a he. But he was uh, Pakistan's greatest humanitarian, creating a social service network providing 24-hour emergency service adoptions and maternity. And this person must have died. Yeah, he died at 88. So he was... Here's an interesting run from Huffington Post. Buddhist monks buy lobsters destined for the dinner. Buddhist monks in eastern Canada have returned eight crate loads of live lobsters that were destined for dinner tables back to the ocean. That's lovely. Um, oh, the Brexit thing. The, the Brexit, obviously, the, the, the Brits wanted to exit out of the EU, so this is what's called the, the Brexit. But the problem is, is that this is like a slow train wreck because no one actually has any plan on how to actually do it, and the ones that were supporting Brexit seem to not want to step forward and lead the nation. So it's going to take out a little bit of steam, and I'm not so sure if they're going to institute Article, I think it's 50, or Article 20, Something like that, that actually is the official way of exiting out of the EU. So that's um, that's probably going to be many months away before we start hearing about the actual um, exiting out. And I believe it takes once the official paperwork is done, two years to, to exit. So this is there's a lot of um, legal issues going on here, and who's going to actually support? and lead the country uh, during this, this time of uh, exit. It's unknown at the moment. Um, I went over the market, I'm filming on Sunday, so I went over the market yesterday, 
probably going to do another film in during the Asian session just to kind of work out some of the uh, the concepts of Poseidon report or economics and finance, you know, in a live uh, trading session. So we'll see what how that works. But uh, I think that's all I wanted to cover right now. So we covered Black Lives Movement, the Dallas shooting, uh, autonomous drone warfare on citizens, and you know what was going on with Trump, a little bit on Hillary and uh, Brexit. So thank you for listening, and um, I'll have this posted up or archive uh, pretty soon here, and uh, we'll do episode three probably later tonight. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day.